Welcome to She Bought That DVD, the podcast where every week we are watching one new DVD from our Mother's Giant collection. I am your co-host, Jaylene. And I'm Violet. And what DVD did we watch this week that we picked last week to watch? Simply Irresistible. That's, that's... That is the movie. Simply Irresistible (laughs) is the name of the film and uh, not a great film title for this movie is what I will say. The entire time I was thinking... Who is irresistible? What is irresistible? Her cooking. Her cooking. Her her magic that we're not leaning into enough is the other thing. My didn't take many notes, but my final note is basically how does this food work? <laughs> <laughs> what is happening here? It stars Sarah Michelle Geller and Sean Patrick Flannery. Sarah Michelle Geller is at this point in time right off of the heels of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It's happening at the same time. It's, yeah, it's like it's, in the mid of. Yeah. Like, you and I are, have never really seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I have never seen an episode. Have you? I've seen the first two seasons. Okay. Oh, what, Angel is a part of that, correct? Yes. Yes. Like he's a character in there and I think he got a spinoff. He did get a spinoff. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I watched the first two seasons. It was, it was okay. Um, I watched it after binge watching the first like eight seasons of Supernatural in a month. So <laughs> I was over TV, and then I decided I'm gonna pick up Buffy because it's it's super a cult, na- like it's but a- it's popular. Like I can't say it's a cult hit, but like it's very beloved amongst a lot of people. Yeah, and I I didn't I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. It was just kind of something that it was there and watching, and had a lot of. A lot of actors in it that are, um, I don't say popular, but very familiar within the acting community. Yeah, I'm also curious because it came out in the 90s, so it's similar to I'm. I'm not going to compare it to Charmed, but Charmed in the sense that we have a bad enemy, we need to destroy said bad enemy because she's a vampire slayer. While battling high school, college, I don't know her age at this point pretty sure she was high school high school um yes i kind of liked the overarching plot of it all as well okay like it it wasn't just like bad guy like there's a bad guy we gotta kill it there's a bad guy we gotta kill it there's also there was more going on to the story which i did enjoy okay because like charmed charmed had an overarching per season yes but sometimes it it kind of fell off and you weren't getting enough of it. Yeah. But I think because we're talking about 90s, 80s, and 70s where people don't, I mean, you could tape it, but like if you miss an episode, you miss an episode and all you have is like the recap to go off of where now it doesn't matter because you always can go back and rewatch something and you're not missing data. I hate to call it data, but you're not missing information where you're just like, wow, I have this giant gap. Like, why Why are we starting the show here? That's why you got to be home on Thursday night to, to tune in and watch whatever is happening. Man, I remember <laughs> or tape like, it. Thursday nights, I had like three hours of shows. And Tuesday nights, I had like two hours of shows. The amount of commitment that I had. And of course, you couldn't have a show that was on at the same time as each other. But then being Pacific Standard Time, it didn't matter. Because, because we could, could watch the earlier. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that, didn't, that didn't matter. I never watched... I don't think I I was never that committed to a show. I never had to be home at a certain time to watch it. I'm trying to think. I don't think so because I could. It was either recorded or mom had bought the the series. I watched most of everything on DVDs. I, I think I watched everything on DVDs. I think because I was a bit older than you were, mine was the OC and Veronica Mars. Mm-hmm. If I didn't watch those... I would miss out on discussion the following day at school. Okay. That's why like, I'm thinking you're probably a bit too young to really have that connection. Well, yeah, but I'm also trying to think as like now two years have passed and I am there. I, I was so consumed by sports, so I didn't have the time for one. But I, I just watched everything yeah, on DVDs. Yeah, and that's fine. Like that's That was another way I consumed media because we missed the boat with Gilmore Girls, but we were too young when Gilmore Girls Girls yes. started. Yes, and I will say, watch Gilmore Girls, but stop after season three. Save yourself all the trouble. 
I, I still stop after wa- season. I still three. watch it all. Still watch it all. Because season five, all you get is arguments. Yeah, I know. And it's a little bit depressing. <laughs> In any case, this movie was released February fifth, nineteen ninety nine. It had a budget of six million dollars, and it grossed worldwide four point three million dollars. And it definitely was a flop. Apparently, this is Sarah Michelle Geller's least favorite film that she has ever done. Did she say why? She didn't say why, but I think maybe, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of reasons why. I personally, weak script, very weak story. It wasn't all that interesting. I did feel how cheap this film was if you... Like, really start to look at the oh, set it, design. it's just... Uh, anytime they went into the restaurant, mm-hmm. I felt like I was at a, a play, like theater, is what that set felt like. Yeah, 100%. And even, like, the angles at which it was filmed at. Like, when they were in the kitchen, no, felt that less. Yes, because it was more close up, but I felt as though... It was this like open set on a stage. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> and everything was just kind of taking place within there. Yeah. I, the lack of camera angles, in my opinion, goes to show that they only were able to develop a set that was able to look in one direction, kind of like a sitcom. <laughs> yes. I think like Big Bang Theory, where it's just like you're only going to have this one view and that's all you can do. And uh, you're very limited on what angles you can choose to use. Yep. And uh, we had Amanda Pete join us again this week, her follow up from her 2012 uh, film that she was in last week. I have to say she was the star, in my opinion. Her acting... I really enjoyed her character and her just being like really trying to like get into this guy's world and wants to date him. And then all of a sudden uh, she spills all the truth and does not mean to. Yeah, I really liked her. Grayson was when I was like, oh, yeah, that that's the woman that was in the last film. And he was like, what? What are the odds of that? Pulling it back to back. And she's not even an A-lister. She's so far down the line. Like, what are the odds? He's like, you put that in the podcast. And I was like, I think we already did when we drew the movie. Um, the odds yeah, are like, very uh, slim. Yeah, because I understand we had Anne Hathaway back to back. But like, that's Anne Hathaway. We have quite a few of her films. But Amanda Peet. And then Grayson's like, what are the odds of owning two of those films? And I was like, I'm pretty sure mom only bought one of those films because Amanda Peet was in it. Or- yeah, she keeps claiming she bought 2012 for Amanda Peet. But Amanda Peet is not on the front or the back. Like her name's not mentioned anywhere. So it was like, you can't <laughs> claim that. You also can't claim that Amanda Pizza's in this film. I didn't, I sound like I said pizza, but Pete is in the <laughs> film. Because again, she's not on the front of the DVD nor the back of the DVD. Maybe she is. No, she's not on the back of the DVD. Because I remember like pulling the DVD, I'm like, Amanda Pete's in it. And it was like, wait, maybe she's not. But she has like such a small role. She's in the first 15 minutes of the film and mm-hmm. then it's over. So I don't have a definitive answer as to why this DVD has ended up in the collection. I do want to say that this film probably landed in our collection through a Christmas box of DVDs that landed up and like being wrapped or and whatnot. I've never seen that cover before. Like this is so shocking. We owning have this DVD. owned this DVD for years and years. I have looked at this DVD and kind of pondered. Or you've considered watching I it I have before. considered watching this film before. I really have. And when the title pulled up, I didn't picture it whatsoever. I had absolutely no idea. But then when I saw the front of it, I was like, oh, okay, it's this movie that I have been looking at for a very long time. I want to say we've had it since like 2005, 2006, like when we were really starting to buy DVDs and add to the collection. The DVD was not wrapped. I'm again, it's probably because of the great unwrapping. This film has never been watched by anyone. Mom has no idea what this film is about. But I have to say, I'm like, it was probably purchased because the front of the movie makes it look as though it's a romantic film mom likes romance films like whatever and then you have sarah michelle geller who's on the cover and mom i won't say is like a big fan of her mom never watched buffy either but is well known in the industry so she wouldn't have said no to buying it 
bro, I know mom found it for $9.99. And at that point, it was a deal because DVDs, like when they first were released, were like $25.99 or $29.99. Like they weren't cheap. So if you found a cheap DVD, it was $9.99 or two for $10. Yeah. I had the pleasure of watching this film in widescreen because the DVD offers it in widescreen and full screen, which I was not expecting. Nice. I know. And you watched it on which streaming service? I think it was Amazon Prime. Yeah. Okay. I think it was Prime as well. Yeah. That sounds about right. Because Disney wouldn't have this film. And I mean, Netflix could for all I know, but. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's Prime. I just remember trying to type in. I typed in simply and this film did not auto generate or pop up. (laughs) So I had to keep going. And it took basically typing out the entire title before it was like oh is this the movie you want yes yes it is you mean you don't want a war (laughs) sci-fi this is going against your algorithm (laughs) okay quickly go through the film and the gist of it we have two main characters basically amanda who is in this restaurant and she's a cook and then we have tommy whose name took me forever to find out because they don't mention it until he introduces himself to Amanda. That that sounds about right. I have Amanda's name written down twice in yeah. my notes and don't have his name. And literally, <laughs> if you were like, okay, what was his name? I'd be like, uh, did they say it? Yeah. Are you sure? <laughs> I had to add subtitles because they never mentioned it early enough that I, 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 I just was like, okay, I'll see it. And I'll be like, that's, that's who it is. Okay. So we have Amanda and Tommy and they have a meet cute out in front of this market that's happening. And basically it spawns a relationship where they have a a second meet cute. There's a magic man who gives her magic crabs. Yes. Crabs. Um, Yes. And that's how the, this meet meet cute cute happens. happens. So there's, Magic from the get-go. Let's not forget about the magic crabs. Fair enough. So she ends up with these crabs at her restaurant that is kind of being forced to close as well. And she's apparently a terrible cook is what we're supposed to gather. She's awful, but her mother was great. Yeah. And then this magical moment happens where Tommy brings his girlfriend at the time, which I have to say, like, It's not his girlfriend because it's the third date and the fourth date just means that it's not going to work because this guy has an issue with the fourth date. Anyways. He has commitment issues. There we go. That's the. (laughs) Um, But the reason they end up at this restaurant is because this magic man (laughs) um, is their taxi driver and drops them off at the wrong location. So this is how they end up at her soon to be shut down. Uh, or Amanda's soon-to-be-shut-down restaurant. Yeah, and he ends up having the best crab of his life, and the Amanda Pete character ends up breaking up with Tommy because she has a really mad reaction. And I'm trying to now think, who cooked her food? Okay, food. so this is my final note. <laughs> and then I gave up on my notes. She cooks her emotions into the food, question mark, her feelings. So I believe as she was cooking this dish, she was like, oh, that, that like, she wasn't saying very kind things about the date that he had brought. So I think that is the reason why Amanda Pete's character magically decided to say all these negative stuff because Amanda... Not Pete, but Sarah Michelle Gellar's Amanda. (laughs) I just realized. (laughs) Um, Had cooked this food with negative emotions in it, where she cooked the crab with positive emotions. So Tommy Tommy, yeah, was like all giddy and happy and joyous and, and like, yes. So she cooks her emotions into the food. And you're not able to gather this until the final cooking. Yeah. Or like it's actually the midway cooking because eventually then she's like in love and she's, I don't want to say horny because she cooks that emotion into her donuts, which is why when they eat the, not the donuts, but the the eclairs, sorry, not not donuts. Um, (laughs) I was like, I don't remember that. The eclairs, that's why they're all over each other. She's excited. Like, Like she's... Yeah, excitable. I don't know. 
I know what you're trying to describe, but uh, words are lacking. Yeah, but I don't like I just I don't want to use that word. But like genuinely, okay, we don't realize this at the first cooking. But later on, we gather she cooks her feelings and her emotions into the food and whatever that may be, it it causes the person who eats those the dishes that she's prepared to also express those feelings. Yeah. So Amanda Pete got angry because got, yeah. Amanda, the cook, was angry. Anyways, so they break up at the restaurant. Plates are destroyed. Tommy invites her to the store that he manages to come buy plates. They have more meat cute and she ends up getting plates and he's like really falling for her. And what else? There's some tension that they're trying to draw in with each other. I have a note that it's not really working. And then she invites him back to the restaurant. The plates that hold on the plates they pick out ugly. And they don't show up at the restaurant the next time that they cook. Yeah, it just. Yeah. 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 Continuity there. And then I wrote this movie is so weird and confusing. But we do see the Twin Towers in the background. Yes, they they do a shot with the Twin Towers uh, during the day, and then they do one with the sun setting and it going to night. I was like, oh, wow, 1999, that, that would do it. So then the next biggest scene after that is they have a moment together in the kitchen. They end up kissing and they are floating. He freaks out and blames her for everything that is going wrong. It is really mean and so cruel. And the other backstory that we haven't talked about is he is opening up a restaurant. There's this big French chef that he's hired and it's this big, really big deal. But important note, he is opening up this really fancy restaurant inside of a department store. Yeah, a, a fancy department store to change the uh, shopping experience for everyone that they can also have an elegant dining experience. I guess like if you want to buy your fancy dress, then you can go take it out at the same time. Anyways, the French chef ends up quitting because his knives go missing. And so he's all upset and he asks her to cook. And she makes everyone feel really in love and like has different emotions throughout the entire cooking process. They they cry at one point. They're in love at one point. All the emotions, every dish that comes out, she's cooked like a a different feeling or emotion into the food. So every guest feels like that. And then they dance. Yep. And that's it. So good question because... Honestly, the last 20 minutes I was lying there. I was like, don't fall asleep. Don't fall asleep. Don't don't fall asleep. I had my I was wearing my glasses so I wouldn't fall asleep. I don't know how this movie ended. And I as soon as it ended, it was like, time for Fortnite. <laughs> um so I wrote my notes at the end, and I, I think it's he ends up going after her because he's upstairs in the department store and she's on the street. And then they kind of live like happily ever after sort of vibes at the end because like they. Yeah, she's wearing this like pink dress, a tiara. Oh, yeah, she changes All the stuff. And she comes back and they dance and then the movie's over. Yeah. Yeah, it's this whole, it's confusing. Like it's 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 genuinely confusing. And even the, the, the fact that I, I was trying to figure out how is this magic working for the longest time? Like what, like, we know it's magical. We know there's this magic crab because he's just sitting up on the shelf, like twiddling his crab claws watching her cook all this food and I was like what's his relevance or importance is is he powering her magic power at some point she she had put on her mother's earrings yes and then cooked the most delicious dish ever and then I was like is it her mother's earrings I I I couldn't figure it out (laughs) because nothing is truly explained whether or not this crab that was brought into her life was the magical powers that she needed or was it her mother's earrings? No, and then, but she also, she brings the crab with her when she goes to the final kitchen to cook yeah. the big meal. She's not wearing the earrings anymore. So I think it's the crab that that generates her magic powers. But I also, I don't understand the floating piece. Like that part got really confusing. What, I can't, what, I can't what remember. What emotion do yeah, you think? Yeah, elate, elated, like, uh, uh. Um, so I, think- I was going to say like head over heels, but like mm. on cloud nine, like, like 
Is that, is that I can't even remember what she was making. There was some sort of she was making was, eclairs again. It was oh, it was like vanilla, and she was putting flowers in, and the steam was going everywhere, yes. and which does not happen when you cook eclairs. I know that for a fact. There is no <laughs> smoke. If you have smoke, you have burned it. Yeah, yeah. but the original title for for this movie was Vanilla Fog. Just as bad of a freaking movie title as Simply Irresistible. So my big question is, what happened to the crab? We never see the crab leave the restaurant. Is the crab okay? Oh, yeah. Is her magic going to, like, is she still going to be a shit cook after this all happened? Like, I don't understand. I, 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 exactly. No, I, I don't know. I hope she keeps the crab along for as long as she can. Um, he seemed like a chill dude. Um, Does he not need to live in water is my second like question. Was she feeding it? I don't know. <laughs> and like, why did this man just magically appear? Like, was he the genie with the cr- magical crap? Like that guy that magically shows up yeah. is kind of like the fairy godmother. And he's like, you need to buy these. These are the crabs you want. And she's like, I don't need crabs. He's like, yeah, you do. I can't remember how he convinces her. Yeah. But and they're like $49 or something and yeah. I mean that's a pretty good deal for magical crabs that you just don't know that you're getting, but I just thought that there was no finale for the crab and I felt as though like he was a big character and yet we don't see how his story ends. But there was also no acknowledgement of the powers that she had that um, I did. Did you catch that or pick that up anywhere? Like there was no acknowledgement on her behalf, her friend or Tommy, like none of them were like, what the fuck is going on? Like there's, there's no realization or like, oh my goodness, I have the power to, it just kind of goes. <laughs> yeah. She's not panicked whatsoever no. of like suddenly having this capability And it's just like, oh, okay, like suddenly I can cook. Yeah. And there's like no, no backlash on it either. It only plays out into her favor. Usually when in most storylines where someone um, gains powers, they test their limits and they realize, oh, I can't do that because this could potentially happen. We'll learn from that mistake and then hone their powers for good, typically. Or they just go, hi, I can hone them for, for evil, whatever their personal gains they want to make. But there's there's just like there's no realizations of of these magical powers. They just kind of are there. And that's what was also confusing about it. And I was trying to gather how do they work? Where do they come from? What is the point? What is the purpose? Because this movie could have been well off if she was just a good cook who happened to meet this man who needs someone who is a good cook and then you develop the storyline that way yeah I, I think that would have been a much cuter movie to have watched than the one that, that we did I think it's like the lack of acknowledgement to the audience and you as the audience member are also learning with her about these powers yes because as the audience but she's not learning about them no. the thing is no. she's not learning about it at all she's just kind of going yeah so it's just like, okay, this is this is what this film is all about. And oh my goodness, some of the lines that are are that are, that they delivered or whoever wrote these, it's like you cannot think that this is how people interact when when trying to gain someone's interest or like trying to flirt with someone. Like it's so unnatural and just bizarre the things that they are saying to each other and i think this is an issue with a, a lot of like rom-coms is it's it's not grounded in much reality and it's just kind of poor writing and i, I wouldn't say writing a romantic whatever is is easy but please just write read the words that you wrote and say think would i say this to someone or how would i react if someone said this to me because some of it's it's just so questionable. And I wish I had written, wrote down some of the lines. I didn't. But like, do you, do you kind of like recall the areas that I'm talking about that you're like, oh, yeah. Uh, 
I think it it comes down to so the story is written and they're like, okay, we have this to get into this scene and we have these points to cover off. And it's kind of using like, okay, let's do a checklist of all these lines that we need to cover rather than like, okay, how would we approach this question in order to lead us into this next topic? Yep. Yeah, it's like the entire time though, there it's really the plate shopping in that, in that area, like the flow of it is so unnatural. Yeah. So I have a comment that I said, like it says, they go back and forth as if they're supposed to be like cutesy and bantery. And it's not. And it's <laughs> trying to create tension between them, but it is not working. No, it's it's not at all. Like the most uh, sexual tension that I felt was between, excuse me, was between the, um, oh, whatever her name. So his, his, his friend. No, not it's not a friend, a coworker, Co- like whatever um, she assistant. is. Yeah, whatever assistant. she is. Like that was the most like I was I was more interested in whatever romantic interest that she was partaking in than I was with the the main. Like she's a wonderful actress. She I, is. I I really enjoy her. But she just like committed to this role of being this woman who wanted to get with I can't even remember who it was. Uh, kind of, well, one of the investors yeah, in the yeah, restaurant. Yeah. And she just like sought after him and like just went for it and it was great. But like compared to the actual main love story interest, it was so wishy-washy okay. and like, like, oh my goodness, I really like him. And I'm going to, she, it was just like uncomfortable. <laughs> so Okay, here's what I'm thinking then. His assistant, being who the actress is, was like, okay, I understand this character. I am this boss. I'm going after exactly what I want. Mm -hmm. And maybe Sarah Michelle Gellar, and to the writer's discredit or credit or however I'm supposed to phrase this, they weren't sure who this character was supposed to be. No, like was she supposed to be playing like coy innocent or was she actually supposed to like... Because it came across that she really wanted to be with this Tommy fella guy. Mm-hmm. But for what? I don't know. I don't know if she, like, there Was she actually interested, interested in him? Yeah. Yeah. It was really confusing. And, like, like even the end part about she, like, runs away and comes back all dressed up. Like, it, it was just... Weird, weird, uh, weird, weird movie. I, I, but like, I also agree because every time his assistant was on screen, I was so excited. Yeah. And uh, like engaged. She stole it. Yeah. I was like, what is she going to do next? What is she going to say next? What, it, be, mm-hmm. like between the two of them, I think their relationship was well-developed, but. Oh yeah. I enjoyed like Tommy and her scenes were great. The Like the two of them together. But even like when she realizes like the eclairs where the first batch that were made that Amanda had baked lustful yeah, emotion into, she, she was like, oh my, oh my goodness, I need to get me some of those like stat, like I need to use this to my advantage. Like it was great and like excellent because then you see her later in the elevator with the investor guy and they walk out together. It like, Yes. I was living for that romance in it <laughs> more than the main one. The main one was just confusing. I had texted you because I couldn't get over her hair and I couldn't stop looking at it. And I noticed the other thing that really bothered me was her hair color. Yes. So sometimes it went down to her roots, the red. Yes. And then other times we had about a half inch that was showing. Had grown out, yeah. And it really was bothering me. And it is 1999. Friends is really popular. And unfortunately, she does have the Rachel Green haircut. Her style, entire, yeah, yeah. Entire film. And every time she turned around, I was like, oh, it's not Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. And I'm surprised for continuity reasons they didn't yeah. tie and keep her roots dyed to the, the red that it was. Because it's already a, it's a, not a natural color for her whatsoever. So I, I feel like it would have been easy to maintain. I, I just don't understand. Like, I get that the budget was $6 million. So it's not a very expensive film. But who dyed her hair? Did she dye her yeah. hair that color and decide <laughs> to go know. with it? Like, good on you if you did. 
but I'm surprised no one was like, okay, if you're going to have this hair color, you need to maintain it. Yeah. Because if you don't, then you're showing that there's lack of continuity. It just, it was a bit off-putting from time to time because it a, I hated the haircut, and then I started looking at it further, and then I started to notice the roots. And it sucks when you become so bored in the story that you're trying to look for other things to engage you, and then you start finding more things wrong with the film. I've like I've never for this entire project, I've never felt so nitpicky on what the main actress was wearing. What like normally I'm like, oh, okay, that suits her. This time it was just like, why, why are we trying so hard? Oh, that one outfit she put together. And then she like rewore some stuff too. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't hate, like, I didn't hate it, but I also hated it at the same time. Like, yes, it's classic nineties, but, and I understand with film, and clothing, for the most part, when it comes to rom-coms, they're trying to push the envelope. They're trying to do something a little bit more zany. But it felt strange repeating an outfit. I, I also kind of was frustrated that she wasn't given a chef's jacket when she was doing the actual cooking. Yeah, at the end. Yeah. Because it kind of felt insulting that you've hired this girl who is trying to save the restaurant and everyone else around her in a way is like superior because they've gone to school, they're doing all their jobs and you're just this girl from this kitchen and you're just like, yeah, you're going to save like the restaurant tonight because we have no other cook, but we'll just wear what you're wearing. And I'm just like, no, like if you're a chef, like being a sh- given a chef's jacket, like that's a complete honor. Yeah. And like the mere fact that I'm going into this much detail goes to show how horrible this film was to sit and watch. And I thanked myself that I never, ever got the nerve to to, watch it and then have to watch it a second time. Yeah. (laughs) I just kept thinking about that, that I was like, could you imagine if this was your second watch? Like you would be so upset seeing that this got picked off the shelf. I had better memories attached to it had to be you rewatching that for a second time. The one where the, the two of them are picking out their engagement stuff. She's already forgotten which movie this is. Yes. Okay. Yes. See, but that's another one where there feels like there's supposed to be banter going on and it's just so unnatural or uh, it's great. The the awkward chemistry that the two of them had at the beginning, but then later on the line deliveries at which they're giving each other are just like, okay, how would you react if someone said that to you? I don't think you'd react that way. Or like, would you say that it confusing? But but I guess another poorly written romantic film. Yeah, I just, I think the 90s and the early 2000s is a very interesting time period for romantic comedies because that is a market where the industry thinks like that's where we're going to get women and like into the theaters. And they're not wrong like that, that is. But then you have a whole industry around the corner where it's going to be like young adult topics are heading and are going to dominate the movie industry. What year was the Sabrina remake? 90s. That was 90s as well? Yeah. Oh, okay. I couldn't remember. Yeah. I also was thinking about that film a lot while watching this film and comparing because that one is 1995. This one came four years after. So that's why I was just like, it's kind of still in the same vein where you have this heartthrob and this other heartthrob and you're hoping that they get together and you're you're hoping for this fairy tale but unfortunately this film just did not did not work and yeah i was so excited i i did nap after i didn't jump into fortnite right away i played fortnite until 1am that day though and i never ever stay up late I'm normally in bed by 10. So you weren't that tired. Clearly not, because <laughs> I was I was just bored. Yeah. And I don't fall asleep through films. And I, I paused it probably twice as well, because I needed a mental break from this movie. I went on my is, phone. Yeah, I went on my phone for the last little, no, I was going to say a little bit, for a lot longer than I have for most films. Like, I, I really was trying to keep myself sitting on the couch watching the film. 
Grayson watched this with you. Yeah. The entire thing. Yeah. And he also, he usually never goes on his phone when he's watching something. And he grabbed his phone. He said, he's like, this is what I need to get to the end. And I was like, okay, (laughs) I understand. (laughs) I like the fact that he's like, he could, he could easily just get up and walk. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You are a bit more committed. How did you like the floor put in the restaurant? Was it checkered? It's it's or was it's it like black, black and white, white wavy? Okay, so it gave me, which actually is the correct time period. Um, Backstreet Boys, bye bye bye. No, that's in uh, sync. What's the one? Bye 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 is in sync. Yes. Okay, but what's I don't know what boy band it is, but it's a music video where. They like turn into zombies. Yeah, that's Backstreet Boys. Okay, so it's that music video. Backstreet's back, back. Everybody. And they're dancing. Okay. Yeah, I know which one. Okay, so that's that's the vibe. So it's Backstreet Boys, everybody. That is the flooring that I kind of picture. It's less like in a circle. It's kind of like wavy. But I... (sighs) The design of the restaurant was meant to feel upscale, but it didn't feel upscale. It did not, no. It felt open space. (laughs) It felt very um, unfinished. Yeah. And the way that you had described saying that it's a set on a stage and that's 100% how it had felt. Yes. Even when they were doing that scene, it just was like, okay, we have... A limited budget to spend on this, but how are we going to make this feel nice? But there's absolutely no ceiling. Yeah, it felt like it had no f- no ceiling. It felt so there's lots of space and it felt unfinished and not very cohesive. But I thought the floor was great. Oh, you liked the I floor. really liked the floor. I think you could have you could have complete completed the look really nicely if like it had thought get got put gotten put into it. But also it wasn't just like a set design stage or whatever it was. Yeah, I think the lack of ceiling, I I mean, I could be wrong or we could be remembering incorrectly, but lighting fixtures are not cheap. And yes, it it also just didn't match what the purpose of this restaurant was supposed to, to be. I'm surprised that they didn't pick somewhere. Yeah, you're you're not wrong actually. So they filmed in the department store, which I do you remember what I can't remember. I read it, but they had a film at night. At night, yeah. yeah. And I'm like you're not wrong in the fact that they should have picked something either that matched the theme for what like the department store is and film during the day because a lot of those restaurants probably were only open in the evening like there's ways they could have worked around to yeah I don't know yeah I yeah I, I just but I th- I thought the floor was just great something about it I was like oh that's a choice I kind of like it though <laughs> completely fair I kind of felt the same way about their place as well just with the for some reason, it was giving me murder. She wrote granny vibes, but oh. in a, like that weird martini maker thing. I was like, that's something I would see a murder. She wrote while like she J.B. Fletcher accidentally like knocks something over and like like a martini gets made for her. I was thinking more. Um, the Twilight Zone, which I've never seen. I've only ever seen one episode. My English teacher made us watch an episode. Ah, I see. What could have made this film better? Do you do you think it is the magic not being explained? Or yeah, being yeah. I think I think you should either remove the magic, and you just make this woman a good cook, or you you need to develop the magic storyline a little bit more because it just left me questioning, and it, it felt like this this thing that was just kind of there. And there was no explanation around it. And it wasn't considered by any of the characters. Except for the assistant who was like, hell yeah, I'm going to get me some of those eclairs. Yeah, like her friend never even had a reaction. 
Like, no, but she knew if she needed those because they were going to yeah. do like, see, there was, there was no, there was no continuity with the powers that she held. It was like, it, it works on some people is basically what it was. It's very confusing. At what point did you start to question everything? As in like the validity of- Just like, why? What's happening? Who made this? I think the second time we saw the crab, I started to question, well, we're, we're acknowledging the crab, but she hasn't acknowledged the crab. So something's going on. And then- yeah, at some point I stopped the movie and I decided to Sometimes I don't like going onto IMDb and searching up the trivia because it can be very spoily at times, but I was like, oh, I don't really think this one's going to have any spoilers. <laughs> it did, it, and it didn't have much, no. So, I was really curious to find out like, okay, like what's been written about this, what has been said about this, like what's the budget of this? And seeing that Sarah Michelle Geller kind of really dislikes this film kind of put a taste in my mouth of like, oh, it's not going to be that good. Not that it's, good. it's not going to go up from here. It's it's yeah. really going to go downhill, unfortunately. Yeah. And I hate to say, like, even the meet cute at the beginning of the film wasn't all that cute, nor was it exciting. It just was like, OK, these two people like they need to meet. And like, how are we going to get them to meet? Sorry, my crab is grabbing onto your pant leg. And I'm going to make crab something with this. Napoleon? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Napoleon. Yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, she sees the Napoleon exhibit on the uh, yep. taxi cab advertisement. Yeah, I just, I don't know. And like New York City is a big player in this film, but it's not a film where you get to see much of New York, unfortunately. But we also have those two characters at the very beginning when she's walking through the market the guy from Suits. Oh my gosh, I missed it. Okay, he's at the very beginning and he's the one who mentions like his his father and him are selling something and he's the one who's like, oh, like heard about the restaurant. And she's like, what are you talking about? I... He's, he's one of the ones that tells her that her restaurant, her family restaurant is going out of business. And I was like, okay, we're going to see him later. And then we never see him again. And then she also goes to the other store the other stand and and she it's the fruit one she goes oh like what's good today and the woman's like the strawberries and the daughter of the woman at the stands like mal's like the raspberries and she goes amanda's like oh i you know what i don't need the strawberries i'm gonna take the raspberries today so we can see that there is like connection already developed between these initial characters and then we never get it again which is would have been something so easy because it's like already developed friendships that she has mm -hmm. that could have been involved in the story See, but we don't we don't get that i think like adding okay adding to that her midway through the film where she's excited to let's say cook again for the restaurant and she's more confident in her choices because she's like all of a sudden, okay, I can, I can cook. I can, I can do this. Mm -hmm. Another unexplored point for this film that never gets wrapped up. The restaurant starts to do well. Is the restaurant going to remain open? Yeah, exactly. The same thing. Uh, no idea. Could have brought in those characters from the beginning into the restaurant and been like, oh my goodness, you're doing so well. Or we could have gotten more from the regulars that are there. We could have had more conflict with the crab running away and her powers disappearing and her realizing, oh, I need that guy around and I need to know how to look after him to be able to be a good cook. Or, or maybe I need to learn how to cook on my... So, so many things. I'm so disappointed that... On my Instagram feed, I think it was yesterday or the day before. I don't think I sent it to you, but there was a crab and it was in a girl's sink and it was holding a knife and it was waving it around. And I was actually really disappointed that I didn't send it to you. I think I thought about sending it to you, but I didn't. Instead, I sent you a different. Oh, I got a really good one. <laughs> um, it was Fast and Furious, all nine 
It's how to watch Fast and Furious fast and furiously. You watch all nine movies at the same time on a big projector. And man, I, I was like, oh, whoa. And I can't remember what I said. I said, do we own these? To which she said, yes. And I was like, oh, I hope we'll only, only own like one to four. And you're like, we own eight. <laughs> I had, maybe we've brought this up on the podcast before. I'm I not sure. I think we have. I had no idea that we owned all eight. Well, no, because there's fast, there's nine, but we don't own uh, Yes, but we, we own one through eight. One through eight. Is impressive. <laughs> it's going to be a long two weeks. <laughs> More like a month, please. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to... Actually, I mean, nothing against the Fast and Furious uh, series. Uh, I enjoyed it when I watched through, uh, but... I don't know how I'm going to feel about podcasting all of those. So Fortnite. <laughs> I watched this film immediately after podcasting. Which is really last week. weird and strange for you, but I think it's your scheduling right now. My schedule is just very busy, so there's only two days to watch it. And I was like, oh yeah, it's an hour and a half. Sure, I'll sit down and watch it. And I was thankful to get it that it was dotted over with. But I didn't I didn't text you. I didn't say anything. I didn't warn you at all. Which is fine. Like, I, I don't need a warning whether or not. I mean, like, if there's something gory. Oh, yeah, I'd probably I'd, I'd definitely let you know. That's really the only warning that I would ever want. But other than that, unless like. Yeah, no, I can't think of anything else where I would desperately need something unless you like we did a DVD and like something had skipped and you're like, oh, like this part of the DVD doesn't, doesn't work. work. Yeah. So I like. There were no bonus. There were no bonus. There were. There were bonus. Did you watch them? But I just did not want to watch it. Oh. The bonus features, because like, let's keep in mind, this DVD is old and like considering. The first bonus feature, according to the DVD, is interactive menus. Which I guess what they're trying to say is like VHS didn't have interact menus, interactive menus. It would just start playing. Yeah. So you get to choose. And I guess like that's a bonus feature. The next one is scene selection, which again, comparing it to a VHS, you don't get to choose your scene. So then we got to see the trailer for it if you wanted to. Then the widescreen version, the pan and scan version, which is the uh, full screen. And then... Maybe I was wrong. There are no bonus features. Those are so literally just, the bonus they're, features. They're not bonus. They're just features. They're features. <laughs> so I didn't miss anything. <laughs> but yeah, I just, it was, it was an experience. And I, this is one that I'm surprised that it, like, did it go to the movie theaters or was it straight to DVD? Oh, it did go to the movie theaters. It did go to the movie theaters. Yeah. That's why it has a box office. A yeah. box office. But it obviously didn't do all that well. It had a big loss of $1.7 million. Didn't even make up. I started up Superstore again for my third rewatch in about two years. I Like you're starting from episode one or you've given it? Like, no, have you episode. watched the entirety of it? Yeah, this is my three, third rewatch. Okay. You and I have very different tastes sometimes. Okay, hear me out though. So I was going to rewatch The Office again. But seeing as I just finished The Office like six months ago for like the fifth time, I was like, okay, I won't do The Office again. I'll do something else. And I saw Superstore and I was like, you know what? I think I'll do Superstore. And I looked at Brayden and I was, and I said to him, because I need to ground myself in reality and remind myself I don't deal with this shit anymore because I don't work in retail <laughs> anymore. And he looked at me and was like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> When's the last time you watched Community? And have you ever rewatched re that one? So I was rewatching Community, but up until about season three or season four is kind of where I like really do a hard stop. And I'm just like, I can't get past this because it does become a bit ridiculous. And the same thing with Superstore. Like there are parts where I'm like, oh, okay. Like this is definitely getting a bit ridiculous, but 
the whole movement behind like what they are telling their like the message with being retail workers and every like shenanigans that happening, like I definitely stand behind it. Whereas community, I'm just like, okay, are we in fairy tale land? Like you're just like really missing the plot of like what this study group essentially had started with. And I get like they had shenanigans once in a while but then it was like okay this episode we're gonna do this and then in this episode we're gonna do this okay okay i i was just wondering i was just curious i have rewatched community like four or five times but like i'm a serial rewatcher that's what i do and that's why i mean i like falling asleep to something that's comforting castle i I left that train and I could not get past season four. That's kind of where it does a hard stop for me, unfortunately. White Collar, I was trying to rewatch, but I'm not familiar with that one as much. I had only done one full watch that the rewatch was kind of difficult. I also stopped with Ugly Betty because it was just becoming too much. But it could also come down to... I don't want to fall asleep to something that's 45 minutes long. I do like the 20-minute episodes because I can just lie down and listen to 20 minutes. But usually by that point, I've already dozed off. Did you ever watch Parks and Rec? I did not finish it, but yes, the final season. Okay. Which is really ridiculous. And it it does like that community thing where you're like feeling bad because like not everyone is still there. Okay. Did you watch Parks and Recreation? Okay. No. No. I think I, I started season one. It was like, mm, no, I'm okay. But I've also, I've, I've never watched The Office. I've never watched. There's like quite a few. So you don't like Superstore. Did you start it? And not really? Yeah, I started Superstore and couldn't. I was like, mm, no, this isn't it. I started Blockbuster, not it. I started. I personally think Superstore is like way above Blockbuster. There's another one that I'm thinking of. I saw it in my brain for a second and now it is gone because you said <laughs> Superstore. Shoot. Um, You're thinking like 30 minutes sitcom, right? Yeah. Oh, uh, Brooklyn. Oh, Brooklyn uh, Nine-Nine. Nine-Nine. I unfortunately could not watch the last season. It just, I think this is hard to say, but it's like at this point in time when the final season was being released was during like 2020 and like they like delayed filming due to covid and then like everything about like the black lives matter movement and so like everything in that show had to become super politically correct which there's absolutely nothing about that but then you could see that the writers were really struggling to deliver jokes because they couldn't find where the line was okay they just struggled to find the line Whereas previously it was like, okay, there's the line. We're going to cross it, but it's going to wrap up with it's no longer crossing the line because we've learned like this isn't what you do in this kind of scenario. Right. Whereas I felt that the final season, it was like, there's the line. We're going to go 20 miles south of it and never like even touch anything to do with it. Okay. What else is there? I don't know. Did you watch Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt? I couldn't get into that one, unfortunately. I like watched the beginning parts of it. <laughs> Probably the first like three episodes. I was going to say seasons, but three episodes. But it's the girl that like adopts her, but like doesn't adopt her. I couldn't stand her character. Okay. And then 30 Rock is another one that I never got into. And that one actually isn't really on any streaming services. And How I Met Your Mother is one that I would like to rewatch, but I think I'm way too familiar with that one that I do think a break is kind of needed. How many times have you seen that one? Probably five times. Oh my goodness. I've only ever seen that one once. Yeah, I just... There might be bits and pieces where I would like forget about it, but I... I don't. Have you tried to watch How I Met Your Mother at all? Sorry. How much? Yeah, I told you. <laughs> I did tell you to watch the first How season. How I Met Your Father? Yes, and the second season has come out, so I will watch that one. Yeah, I I think eventually I'll watch it. But I I liked the fact that I started watching How I Met Your Mother when they were like four seasons in so that I had a lot of material to watch. I don't like waiting. 
No, I don't like waiting either. But then I'm also... I forget a lot when I have to wait. Yeah. And I, do, I don't like going back and rewatching stuff. There's very few shows that I've gone back to rewatch. You're, I thought you were a rewatcher. Maybe t- twice. There's nothing that I've watched more than twice, I don't think. Huh. Like I've watched Charm twice. I've watched Veronica Mars twice. Started a third time, didn't finish it. I've watched Gilmore Girls twice. Dawson's Creek twice? Dawson's Creek twice. Yeah, I've only gone once through. DOC twice? Yeah, I've gotten that probably. Well, see, the third season, or sorry, the fourth season is where I generally, I've only seen that twice, but the first two seasons I've seen quite a few times. I think my top rewatch is Veronica Mars, followed by Bones, but Bones like one through five. Yeah, I've never rewatched Bones. I never rewatched The Mentalist. I never rewatched Castle. I okay. The Mentalist is like six or seven. Yeah, times. <laughs> I am, I'm currently rewatching Fringe. Those are I would have to see all the DVDs sitting in front of us. Oh, One Tree Hill. I rewatched the first three seasons because I started to watch season four or five or whatever it was, and I was like, I need to refresh. Like I need to go back and rewatch everything. So yeah. I, I think it's like the comfort aspect. I know like that's a huge thing with like serial people, serial people, um, series re- rewatchers. It has to do with like that comfort aspect. But for me, part of it is also having background noise and it not being music because sometimes music is really difficult to find the mood that you want to elicit. You're like, yeah, I'm going to be doing this activity. So I need this like music. Whereas a TV show, I can think of something and be like, oh, I can put this on in the background and it'll get me going. My issue with music is that I love it. It's great. And it's hard to find something to listen to, like whatever you're working on, it's hard to find something to listen to. Or I'll be like, oh, I know exactly what I want to listen to right now. And I'll play it to start whatever it is that I'm about to do. But I remember lyrics really fast. So re-listening to stuff over again, then I start singing along or like focusing on the words of what's happening. And then I'm not doing what I should be doing. So I love listening to new music, but it's hard to just like pick new music to listen to and have it be what you want to listen to at that moment. It's very difficult to discover new music to fit whatever mood it might be yeah I also love it when I quote-unquote rediscover artists that I used to like and I'm like whoa I haven't listened to you in so long and I used to really listen to you like Leon is one where I totally forgot that she existed and I totally loved her and I was listening to her all the time but I also remembered that I went to a lot of her concerts. So I'm like, why? Why have you seen haven't? her like three times? I've seen her three times. Lord is another one. Whenever I'm like in a number crunch, for some reason, Lord's two albums really match numbers and spreadsheets. Yeah, I was listening to Tennis Score. Yeah. Today. And I was like, oh, Lord, you're so great. Minus your most recent album. Sorry, sorry, Lord. Couldn't get into it. It wasn't it for me. Yeah, but I look forward to the other things that you create. You know, she's great. We might as well just jump into the rating, seeing as we have nothing else to really talk about for the film. What is your story rating? One. One out of five. One out of five. Okay, so I gave it a 1.5. And... I had to give it 0.5 higher than last week's film because there was actually a bit more story than 2012. And I gave it 0.5 more than 2012, so (laughs) it's a one. Yeah, uh, my comments are weak, highly unbelievable. And like, it doesn't matter that, like, not everything has to be believable. No, it's not the believable. It's just like, develop more. Yes. Of whatever is going on here. Please. <laughs> yeah. Your music score. I gave it a two. Okay. Um, there was music. There was 90s themed music that really fit the 90s theme of it being in the 90s. And I really love that 
at the end when they're dancing. I believe it's all instrumental, but if you look on the stage, someone's singing. <laughs> I, I totally can believe that. <laughs> and I was like, oh, but there, there's like a band and everything. <laughs> But there's no one singing in the actual, like she's, there's she's no voice. Like, yeah, no. Okay. So my music score is a one out of five with my comments saying, hated it. It was cringy and it was cheesy. I, which is kind of unusual for DVDs, not so much for like Netflix and everything, but the lyrics actually came up in the subtitles and it was so cheesy and so cringy that the lyrics were matching like what her emotions were supposed to feel. And I'm comparing this to Love is Blind, where they have auto-generated music that is so cringy and che- like cheesy as well. That is, I just, I hate Love is Blind music. I, But that's kind of like what I was getting. And I was like, I, I don't care if this is 90s. There's nothing standout about this. Your visuals. I gave it a two. It wasn't good. But I, I I really enjoyed the inside of the department store. Lo- because that was the real aspect. <laughs> and his office space as well. Mm. Um, I wish I understood more about... Is, is this film with the air, the folded airplanes? Am oh I crazy? Oh my gosh, there was folded airplanes and we didn't even talk about that. I was very confused by them. Because that subject gets like totally lost. Yeah. Like again, story not developed. (laughs) They confused me. Anyways, I liked his office space and I um, enjoyed the streets of New York and uh, her bedroom maybe, but the, her kitchen, the other kitchen, the dining restaurant, loved the The floor. Yeah. Yeah. I gave it a two. I gave it a 1.5 and I, my comments are nothing special and her hair bothered me. Yeah. What is your overall score? 3.3. Wow. You're higher than me. I am 2.6 out of 10. This is one of my lowest films rated. I, I'm, I'm starting to, I'm starting to like balance out like where these scores truly sit for me. I don't have, I should actually have a breakdown of like what defines a one. And I should, maybe I'll work on that during my Fortnite games because I'm addicted. But anyways, IMDb has it at 5.2 out of 10. Yikes. So obviously like there are people who did love it and keep in mind that IMDb did exist relatively around this area. So time period. So there's people who have rated it. Like higher or like they enjoyed it so it's their scores are included yeah but if i were to go on there and read it 2.6 which i don't think i can i'd have to like round up or round down it would kind of start to dwindle the scoring system but do we keep this dvd no thank you no it's been sitting on our shelves for a very long time and i think it's time to Get rid of it. It's called a bewitching romance as well. That's the tagline. I like that it acknowledges that it's bewitchable, but... It doesn't acknowledge it in the film. It's like the marketing guy was just told like, yeah, so she's like... She has powers. She has powers, but she's not a witch, but she's like like, bewitched. And like, it's it's a romance, so... (laughs) Are you ready to pick the next DVD? You betcha. I'm ready to say goodbye, good luck to never wanting to ever see this film again. And (laughs) let's just move on into next week's pick. Okay, I don't know this one. Okay. Um, When did it, when was it released? When was it released? Great question. Which genre is it? Um, Who is in it? All, all those things. All those things. Okay. Start with the year. The year is 1986. Okay. We have drama. We have war. Oh, wow. We have so many. (laughs) We have Clint Eastwood. Okay, and? Mario Van Peebles. Okay. Everett McGill. Okay. Pete Koch. Can 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 I get a time on this movie? As in, like, how long it is? Yes. 
You betcha. Let me just see if Google, yep, there it is, two hours and 10 minutes. Okay, so. Doable. Yes, but yes. All right, what is it? It is called Heartbreak Ridge. (laughs) No idea what this is, but because it has Clint Eastwood in it, we know this is a dad pick for sure. Undeniable. Dad is a Clint Eastwood fan. Or mom saw it and bought it because it has Clint Eastwood. Hmm. Okay. We'll have to ask when we uh, grab it and we'll we'll tell everyone next week. It is not available anywhere to watch. So it looks like we might have to do a uh, DVD handoff. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to this week's episode. If you'd like to follow along on our long journey, hit the follow or subscribe button. If you'd like to follow us on any of our socials, those are linked in the show notes below. Until then, have a really great week. Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye.